Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, Dano, I'm doing good, man. Good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, listen, uh, did you did you catch it last night? I know you go to sleep early, but did the, the clown show otherwise on oh, the Democrat <laughs> debate? Did you I, was, I was a snoozer. You get yeah. free stuff. <laughs> you get free stuff. You get free stuff. You get we all get free stuff. It was a just a spectacle to watch. Yeah. Paul and I enjoyed it in, in for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but I have I have distilled for you. Don't worry, because I know you all live busy lives. I saw a lot of people tweet yesterday. Mm. I follow our name on Twitter because we do a lot of micro-targeting. And a lot of people were saying, I'm not watching it. I know I can tune into the Dan Bongino show to get it in an hour or less what happened. And you are correct. I have the five or six takeaways you need. Joe was kind enough uh, to put together some videos for us. Uh, I will nail it down to you. Don't worry. And some of it actually involves me, which is interesting. No, I wasn't mentioned (laughs) at the debate. Um, I'm not on their minds that much, but it is kind of a fascinating angle. Stay tuned. I got that. And another example of grotesque big tech tyranny trying to influence the 2020 election. Now, Reddit joining the fray and going after the Trump crowd. This is just amazing. All right. Today's show. Brought to you by our buddies at Omax. Listen, Omax is one of the best companies out there. They have a new product out there. Listen, when you don't sleep well, right? Your entire day suffers. Your patience is is shot. You're moody. Uh, I've been known to do that once in a while. You get irritable and everyone around you is affected. Listen, if melatonin over-the-counter sleeping aids aren't work for you, you need to try Omax Sleep and Stress Remedy with CBD. This breakthrough triple action CBD oil formula helps relax your mind naturally so you can get the best night's sleep ever. You can just go to sleep and get a solid night's sleep. Many of you probably don't even remember what it feels like to get a good night's sleep. Well, I'm here to tell you when you finally get a full quality, solid eight hours of deep, blissful sleep. You will wake up refreshed with tons of energy and no grogginess. Trust me, this CBD blend is incredible. You'll feel a difference on the very first night. Uh, Omax is offering my listeners 50% off their first box of Omax Sleep and Stress Remedy with CBD plus free shipping. And if you don't experience your best night's sleep in just three nights, you will. You can return it for a full refund. That's how confident they are in this product. Just go to omaxhealth.com today to take advantage of this incredible savings. This is Omax Health and get 50 omaxhealth.com and get 50% off your first box. If you're ready to relieve stress, relax your mind and sleep better, go to omaxhealth.com, um, excuse me, omaxhealth.com/bonginosleep today to get 50% off a 1-month supply plus free shipping. If you don't like it, send it back for a full refund. OmaxHealth.com slash Bongino Sleep and get the best night's sleep of your life. Check it out. You will love it. Go check that out, folks. All right, let's get to it. Almost. Again, just barely got it there. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, just I'm waiting for some breaking news. If you see me looking down, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, it's because I'm waiting for the breaking news on the Supreme Court to come out. Mm -hmm. Two big decisions today. One on the citizenship question on the census. The other one on a gerrymandering case. Ironically, in the district I ran in for Congress, Maryland District 6. So we're keeping our eyes on that. That's why we're doing Mm -hmm. this here. Um, But let's get to the debate last night. What a train wreck. Total disaster (laughs) and a huge, huge monstrous landmine was laid last night for now who's becoming one of the front runners elizabeth warren and she probably doesn't even realize it so even politico uh left-wing outlet politico covered this last night 
title by Jeff Greenfield. And I'll put this story in the show notes today, by the way. It's worth your time. The landmine that just got laid for Elizabeth Warren. Ooh, new. Now, <laughs> the running theory through this Politico piece is that stuff that happens that's seemingly innocuous during primary season can come back later during the general election and explode on you. And the example they give, Joe, which I know you're familiar with, was the Michael Dukakis, George H.W. Yep. Bush election and the uh, famous Willie Horton ad, uh-huh. where during the primary, what is it, Al Gore and Dukakis, uh, they got into it oh. over this weekend furlough program. Michael Dukakis, who was the governor of Massachusetts, yep. had a program to right. let violent felons, remember this, Joe? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. let violent felons out on the weekends. Well, one of them, Willie Horton, mm-hmm goes out on the weekend and engages in this crime spree, and it's covered in a Politico piece there, and it comes back during the general to haunt him because mm-hmm. the Bush team had run ads against him. So this is his piece in Politico, not my, my announce his, but it's worth your time. It's actually good, even though it's in Politico. So the point is that during the debate when that happened with Gore and Dukakis, nobody really thought anything of it, Joe, because it was a Democrat crowd, Democrats being largely liberal, like, yeah, weekend furloughs, yeah. that's great, no problem at all, right? Mm-hmm. It only came back later in the general to haunt them. What happened last night with Elizabeth Warren? That 1,000% if, and this is a big if, if Elizabeth Warren is to win the nomination or become the vice presidential candidate, that's a possibility too, if she loses and is picked up as the VP. What did Liz Warren do last night that is going to blow up in her face? Well, don't take it from me. Let's look. Let's go back to the videotape. Hat tip NBC for the debate coverage last night. Here is Elizabeth Warren. Well, actually, the whole stage of debate uh, debate candidates there being asked if you would be willing to cancel you, your private insurance, health insurance plan you have right now. Here's the response. This is one of those raise your hand questions. Check this out. Many people watching at home have health insurance coverage through their employer. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Just a show of hands, start off with. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> Senator Clark. Yeah. You see that? <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, how, how it, that is going to absolutely blow up in their faces. No doubt about it. Don't worry, but de Blasio raises his yeah. hand too, Mayor New. Don't worry about the Blasio. He's got no chance. De Blasio's running right now to be like uh, uh maybe the the, the 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 secretary of uh of, of HHS or whatever. He's just running for a cabinet position. He's not a serious candidate. Jester. He's the communist mayor of New York City. <laughs> so he raises no penalty for him, Joe. At all. Joe <laughs> de Blasio can raise his hand for everything. Who wants to double oh. the rate of homework for children in third grade? Uh-oh. De Blasio. <laughs> like, who wants to double the tax rates on every single American at 100% tax rates for anybody who makes $46,000 a year more? Bill? De Blasio. <laughs> who not only wants to cancel private insurance, but who at the... What, what, not, sorry, I'm waiting for the Supreme Court. Who not only oh, wants to cancel private insurance, but wants to actively jail people who purchase a private insurance? Bill De Blasio. Bill! <laughs> he Bill. does not care. Forget De Blasio. Dude. It doesn't matter. De Blasio doesn't care. The Blasio, but Warren is a serious yeah. candidate. She is. I, I thought she was done after the Charlemagne interview where they compared her to Rachel Dolezal, who claimed to be black and is really white. I thought for her Pocahontas incident, mm-hmm. of course, I thought that was bad enough, but she's not done. This moment 
will be played over and over. If I had a number one takeaway, I'll address this tonight. I'll be on Sean Hannity's show on Fox at 9 p.m. debating Geraldo again about the debate coverage. Um, I will bring this up again tonight. There's your cheat sheet. This, for me, was the number one takeaway from last night's event, at the debate. And we'll cover tomorrow, tonight's event tomorrow, by the way. You have a candidate on stage who is finishing second and third in some polls who actually raised her hand and said she's going to cancel you, your insurance. Okay, just a quick note before I move on with debate coverage. That's takeaway number one. So looks like Paula just texted me. Supreme Court says federal courts have no role in policing, partisan redistricting. Uh, so that's the gerrymandering case. So that's interesting. I, I, I promise we'll get back to debate in a second, mm-hmm. but this is not a live show, but it's kind of live to tape. So we're following the news. and I don't want you to miss out on anything in this show. Paula, can you just keep your eye on the uh, citizenship question too? And just send me a screenshot like that again. Um, this is important because what's, this gerrymandering case was a disaster for Republicans. Let me just be clear on what happened. There were multiple states in the court system, the federal court system, suing about their congressional maps. Joe, I need you right. as the ombudsman yeah, here because yeah. this case is a little complicated. Okay. The gist of it was that these congressional maps, they were carving out congressional districts Crazy. to benefit specific yeah. parties. What's interesting about the cases that were at the Supreme Court It was not just a Republican-Democrat issue. What do I mean by that? Mm. Some of the states were suing because they thought Republicans had taken advantage of the judicial map, North Carolina Mm -hmm. being one of them, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, you Republicans are carving this up into Democrat-Republican districts to benefit you. Interestingly enough, in Maryland, I ran in the district, Maryland District 6, that was also a subject to one of these lawsuits, was a... was a a part of one of these lawsuits where they said the Democrats were doing the exact same thing. Hmm. That happened. Mm -hmm. In the district I ran in, in Maryland District 6, what they did is they took Mountain Maryland, which is like 60-70% Republican. They carved up the district and inserted Northern Montgomery County, one of the most liberal counties in America, to turn the district back towards the Democrats. Also, ironically, who was the congressman in that district that I lost to? John Delaney, who we'll get to later, who was on the stage last night in the presidential campaign. That's why I said I'm in the news today. And you don't even know. There it. you go. The guy I ran against was on the stage and the district I ran in is the subject of a Supreme Court lawsuit. Now, the Supreme Court now, according to what I'm seeing, ruling they have no role in policing, partisan redistricting. Ladies and gentlemen, this is good news for Republicans because this was being used to attack states where Republicans did a decent job the best they could in in making the districts as nonpartisan as they could, and they were being attacked for it. This is a good ruling. The bottom line takeaway is it will result in the Democrats not being able to recarve up states to take away Republican seats. Joe, mm. has every, yeah. you think everybody's tracking yeah, that? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Good news. Not so hard. No. Okay, I'll follow the citizenship case if it comes in and we'll break in with uh, you know breaking news on the show. All right. Okay. Takeaway number two. So again, number one, Elizabeth Warren is in big trouble now in the general. Keep that image on your screen of her raising her hand. I want to cancel your private insurance. Liz Warren posing there. That's going to be a great shot. Takeaway number two. John Delaney reappears again. I ran against John Delaney for uh, Maryland District 6. He was the congressional representative. We almost won. Almost doesn't count. Uh, Horseshoes and hand grenades, of course. But John Delaney last night really broke out. Uh, Listen, I'm not I'm here to give you analysis, okay? John Delaney, I think, would get destroyed in the general election against Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, Delaney, I don't think, is going to win the nomination. But there's no question a guy who had practically zero name ID 
outside of this show. I mean, Joe and I knew him yeah. because I ran against him. But nobody knew him. He was ironically, too, the first Democrat to announce, and still nobody knew who he was. He managed to get on the debate stage last night and became a, tre- a trending topic on Twitter because he was the only candidate who seemed even remotely rational on that clown show last night, Joe. Mm-hmm. It was just insane. Some of the ideas, let's take your guns, take your money. Let's abort kids up until the ninth month of pregnancy. It was it was nuts. So Delaney's asked this question. This is his breakout moment where he's trying to claim the middle ground. In other words, he's trying to paint himself as I'm not kooky like the rest of them, mm-hmm. right? Right. He's asked a very serious question about what we just talked about, canceling private insurance and instituting a Medicare for all program where private insurance would be illegal. And listen to how he answers this and how the audience was like, all right, maybe this guy kind of makes sense. This was his breakout moment last night. Check this out. I think we should be the party that keeps what's working and fixes what's broken. I mean, doesn't that make sense? I mean, we should give everyone in this country health care as a basic human right for free. Full stop. But we should also give them the option to buy private insurance. Why do we have to stand for taking away something from people? And also, it's bad policy. If you go to every hospital in this country and you ask them one question, which is how would it have been for you last year if every one of your bills were paid at the Medicare rate? Every single hospital administrator said they would close. And the Medicare for all bill requires payments to stay at current Medicare rates. So to some extent, we're basically supporting a bill that will have every hospital closed. I mean, my dad was a union electrician, right? I actually grew up in a working class family. He loved the health care that the IBEW gave him. And I just always think about my dad and anything I would do from a policy perspective. He'd look at me and he'd, and he'd say, good job, John, for getting health care for every American. I've, I've, I've... Can I tell you an interesting personal story about Delaney? Mm-hmm. Um, when I lost to the, I don't think you'd mind me sharing this. I've said it before, but when I lost to Delaney, we, we ran, I ran against him for Congress. I didn't lose on election day. A matter of fact, on election day, we, we won. We were on the voting count on election day. Um, as the absentee votes came in over the next few days, we wound up, we wound up losing by one point in that race. But, um, John had called me. Uh, and I think the race was called on Friday. Obviously election days on Tuesday. So days later, We didn't know who was going to win. By Friday, finally, the AP calls it. And we had a conversation on the phone. The only reason I bring this up is he brought up his dad last night, who was, uh, I believe, an iron worker, he said. Mm -hmm. and Electrician? I remember the conversation. I've told you this story before, Joe. He calls me and he goes, hey, Dan, you know, I I wrote a nice concession letter. I, you know, I thought it was appropriate. And my politics are not personal, not with Delaney or anyone else. They're ideological. I just don't believe in what Delaney believes in, but it's not personal to me. So I wrote a nice concession letter and he called me and he said, you know, Dan, he said, we thought we lost to you on election night. And we were up. We were up dramatically at one point by like 5,000 votes. And it was a shocker. Believe me, folks, this is a Democrat district. Contrary to what anybody tells you, it's a heavy Democrat. It's a D plus six district. It would have been a huge upset. No Republican has come within 10 points of winning that seat since. Well, we again, on election night, we were up. And Delaney says to me on the phone call, he said, you know, so I have my head in my hands and I'm sitting there and we think we lost to you, Dan. And my dad comes up to me and he puts his hands on my shoulders. He goes, and Dan, he's a man of few words. And he says, Johnny. That was one tough SOB you ran against. And I got to tell you, it was one of the nicest compliments mm-hmm. I ever got. So uh, we did. We worked hard, but we lost. But that's Delaney with his breakout moment. Um, I, I Last night he was trending on Twitter, trying to claim this middle ground. 
sadly, he doesn't have a chance with them because there's, there's no room for moderation in the Democrat Party for. And I mean that, folks. I say sadly, not because I want, I mean, obviously I'm a supporter of the president uh, and conservative policies. But the fact that we have a party on the, the Democrats have been hijacked by the far left and are all in on radicalism should make none of us happy ever. We need more voices to speak out and say common sense things like, really, you want Medicare for all? You realize all the hospitals are closed down, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, moving on. Okay, so that was takeaway number two. (laughs) Takeaway number three, Tulsi Gabbard. This is interesting, the Tulsi Gabbard scenario. Congresswoman from Hawaii. I say this whole Tulsi Gabbard scenario because in trying to pull together the top takeaways for the show today to fit into this hour for you, You want to kind of get the perspective about what the consensus is on who the winners or losers are, right, Joe? You know, I want to, Mm -hmm. you know, who does the media say won? I'd be interested because I know who I thought won. I didn't think Gabbard did that great of a job, Uh, but she was trending on Twitter last night. She actually won this drudge poll about who won the debate, and it was probably because of this moment where her and Congress uh, Congressman Tim Ryan from Ohio go at it over foreign intervention, the Taliban and the 9-11 attacks. Play that cut. If the United States isn't engaged, the Taliban will grow and they will have bigger, bolder terrorist acts. We have got to have some present there. As, the as, the as Taliban was Iraq. there long before we came in. They'll yeah, be and they there were, long yeah, before exactly. we leave. Well, we cannot they keep U.S. And troops they were deployed to Afghanistan thinking that we're going to somehow squash this Taliban I that has say, been there that every other country that's them. tried I didn't say squash them. When we weren't in there, they started flying planes into our buildings. So I'm just saying right now, the we Taliban have an didn't obli- attack us on the, 9-11. Al-Qaeda did. Well, I understand. Al-Qaeda attacked us on 9-11. I understand. That's why I and so many other people joined the military to go after Al-Qaeda, not the Taliban. It's interesting. What's fascinating about that moment is the Washington Post had Tulsi Gabbard as one of the losers. But Hmm. again, she wins the Drudge Poll and on Twitter, which is more of a public forum where average Joes like you and I, well, I mean, I don't want to be ridiculous, but you get what I'm saying. All of us can kind of chime in. Um, It's more of a democratic form when they're not suppressing conservative (laughs) thought, right? Thought Tulsi Gabbard was a big winner. So I only say takeaway number three on this, not to make a point about Tulsi Gabbard, to make a point about how the media coverage of the event is important because what happened at the event can be interpreted 15 different ways Mm -hmm. And there's generally no consensus opinion. I'll give you one more example because I talked about Elizabeth Warren, number one. I I came away with the analysis last night, and I think I made a sound case, that Elizabeth Warren did substantial damage to her presidential hopes last night. Substantial damage. Even the Politico guy did. Catastrophic damage. Who wants to cancel your insurance? I do. She's up there with uh, Bill de Blasio, the communist. I want to cancel your insurance. Yet the Washington Post had her as a winner. Again, it's the framing and the narratives that develop afterwards, after these debates that matter too. And my point is that there's really not a consensus about who came away from this, a winner or a loser on anything. But, however, there is consensus on this one point. And I mean, sadly for this guy, universal consensus on who the biggest loser of the night was. And that biggest loser of the night was unquestionably Robert Francis O'Rourke, who calls himself Beto. Beto really blew it last night. I mean, 
<laughs> we're sitting there. We're watching it. And I'm in my kitchen. I'm throwing some food for the fish. I just got done filling in for Levin. And Beto gets up there and in an unbelievable moment trying to pander, I guess, to a Spanish-speaking audience out there, starts speaking in Spanish on stage. This blew up in his face spectacularly. Not just because as my wife, who's a native Spanish speaker, said his Spanish was pretty awful. Um, it's not just that. It's that it came off as an obvious pander. Yeah. Which is, you know, thinking, one, a lot of Hispanic people in the United States speak English, too. They, Paula, if I'm framing this wrong, I know you don't like when I talk about you doing the show, but stop me if I'm framing this wrong. My wife is a native speaker of Spanish. It's native. It's her first language. Mm-hmm. Her English is flawless, too. It's mm-hmm. very rare for that because she came here at this interesting age. My wife gets bothered when you do that to her. Just we're, we're in a company of people who speak English. Just speak English. Right. Why are you speaking Spanish? It drives her. If I'm framing that wrong, correct me. But she just doesn't like it. It's her native language. She's Colombian. She's proud of her Colombian heritage and her uh, being an American citizen. But why are you doing that? We're in a group of English. Just speak English so everybody understands. It came off as a gross pander. If you don't like that, you can cut it out of the show. You control the editing, by the way. That was a hot, hot sauce <laughs> packet moment there. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, remember? Yes, remember that? Yeah. What do you like? I like hot sauce. Remember Hillary Clinton? Hillary. Good call. I, I like hot sauce. You do? I, listen, I never saw Hillary Clinton with hot sauce when I worked there ever, but was, whatevs to each year. Good yeah. point, though. So this moment with Beto came off horribly. His answers were horrible. He couldn't answer a question about a 70% tax rate if he would support it or not. It was an embarrassing moment. But- Forgive me for a second. I'll describe it. Joe said before the show, Dan, you better play this out for our audio-only audience. Do like a Major League Baseball play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Here's a short clip of Beto speaking Spanish, but it's the end of the clip that matters. For those of you watching on YouTube, uh, channels youtube.com slash Bongino, check this out. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh, cada, votar, ca- cada votante necesitamos... <laughs> Did you see it? It's, now, for those of you listening, don't worry. This is turning into a meme. This is why I'm bringing this up. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's an audio show first. <laughs> if you can go to our YouTube account to check it out, please do it. YouTube.com slash Bajito Joe's laughing. At the end of that, this has become now a viral meme. Cory Booker is sitting off to Beto's right and gives him this look. And the look has become a meme like, what are you doing speaking in Spanish? And the reason he gives him up only became clear later because Cory Booker was going to do the same thing and Beto beat him to the punch. Booker gives him this look. And like, huh? So it's become this now viral meme overnight. And I even saw, who was it? Was it Andrew Yang or someone who's another candidate uh, who is tweeting about it? It may have been Yang saying, okay, now I have to be careful about how I look at people when they're answering. <laughs> Booker's look is priceless. It's uh-huh. this look of utter confusion. Like if someone was talking to you about a trigonometry formula you've never heard of your life when you asked them how the hostess cupcakes were. <laughs> huh? It's you got to check oh, it out. YouTube.com slash Bungie. It's worth your time. Right. Isn't it? Um, I always hesitate to put it on an audio show, but it is going to you're going to hear about the Booker meme today. If you're anywhere on social media, that's what they're talking about. Booker giving Beto this look when he starts speaking in Spanish. It's absolutely priceless. OK, uh, the biggest again, I, I said there wasn't really a consensus on the winners and losers. Beto came away the loser, but there was unquestionably also um, another big loser as well. No doubt about it. I've got pilloried everywhere, even in the liberal media. 
uh, the Nothing But Clinton channel, NBC, hosts the debate last night. Oh. And in the middle of the debate, in case you missed it, this is bad. Because Joe and I, I mean, on, on the audio and on the video side, yeah. we really focus on the tech stuff. We, You know, if we have a tech meltdown, Paul spends all day fixing it, Joe, too. Mm. NBC, one of the most, one of the wealthiest media channels in the entire world, hosts the debate. And they cannot figure out to shut the mics off for the moderators <laughs> when they switch out the moderators. Sorry. Folks, I'll give you some behind the scenes on this in a second because I got a funny story about this when I'm up at Fox too. But here's NBC. Listen, listen into this. If you're on the audio only, turn it up a little bit. Listen in the background when Chuck Todd is trying to ask a question. You're going to hear some chatter in the back. That's the old moderators in the green room still talking. The control room didn't turn off the mic. Check this out. But even if implemented, there will still be hundreds of millions of guns in this country. Should there be a role for the federal government? Your other mics are on. Uh, everybody's mics are on. I, I think we have a... I heard that too. That's okay. I think we had a little mic issue in the back. Control room, we've got We have the. I think audio. we heard... Yeah, we have the audience audio. All right. So the question is simply this. We're, ta- we're from... I apologize. You guys didn't get to hear this, uh, the first part of the question. Obviously, we're not far from Parkland, Florida. Uh, gun activism has become uh, a big part of high school life up yeah. there in Broward County. Many of you are calling for tighter gun restrictions. Some of you are calling for the restoration of the assault weapons ban. But even if it's put in place, there's still going to be perhaps hundreds of millions of guns still on the streets. Do you hear it in the background? Who's got my binder? Who's got my binder? They're in the green room. Lester Holt and them. And they're still talking. Folks, this is such a... Listen, I don't want anybody to get fired over this or anything. Mistakes happen. But you have to understand, I've been doing media now for seven years. You know, Fox and Mm. elsewhere. I used to do MSNBC and CNN as well before I signed with Fox. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't think you understand the colossal screw up that is them Mm. forgetting to turn the mics off for the hosts that have now left and are in in the green room. Can you imagine, Joe, how bad this could have been? Oh, can you imagine if over the air one of them would have said, right? Joe was at the radio for a long time. Imagine you think you have a dead mic and you're Lester Holt and you're in the green room and you're like, what about that dipstick de Blasio, huh? What a turd that guy was. Yeah, and all of a sudden, right. everybody's like, did that just go out over the 9 million people? <laughs> did they all hear that? Folks, those, are you, what, Joe, what's the golden rule of radio? Oh, every mic is, is hot. hot. You, you bet. Yeah. Every mic is hot no matter what. Yep. Now, I say this because there are a couple of times, like I was hosting Fox and Friends last week, oh. and you're on for three hours. So you got to go to the bathroom. And at one point, I'm thinking like, did I shut my mic off? Yeah. <laughs> like, Uh-oh, that could be bad. A lot of you don't stories. think that, about that stuff. Yeah. You're relying on the control room to take care yes. of guys like Joe who are switching the mics on and off. But imagine going to commercial and you're out there going, man, these candidates are really horrendous. Huh? That de Blasio, what a goofball. And it goes out over the air. So again, cons- the only <laughs> consensus is Beto was a loser yesterday, big time. And clearly, NBC... Gosh, you got to get your act together. All right, one final takeaway, and I want to move on. I've got some other stories here, too, I want to get to today. It's not the only thing in the news. <laughs> um, I want to get to Julian Castro, who uh, was, a, is a, was a congressman, was a cabinet secretary under Obama. Uh, excuse me, was a mayor of San Antonio and a cabinet secretary under Obama. He's a brother. And Julian Castro is, is fascinating. He went up there last night talking about how we should make crossing the border illegally legal. Yet that's not what Julian Castro said before. 
So I want to play this hat tip at LH, uh, what is it, LH Fang. I found this on Twitter. Good job. I'll get to that in a second. This is interesting. Show you how Democrats are complete hypocrites. They're like the Transformers, more than meets the eye every single time. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Dynatrap. There it is, Dynatrap. This is the best indoor fly light bug trap ever. That's what it looks like. It just looks like you you plug that into your outlet. This part at the bottom goes right in. It looks like a big nightlight. What does it do? It gets rid of the nasty bugs, insects, and flies and mosquitoes, one which ate me alive yesterday when I was doing Mark Levin show in your house. We had to plug back the uh, fly light in another room because I got mosquitoes flying in here all the time. There's nothing more annoying than that. These insects inside your house. Who knows where those flies were last? It's disgusting. They land on your food in your house. It's gross. You have fruit flies that land on you and then you get more fruit flies. It's really gross. That's why I'd like to thank our sponsors, Dynatrap, for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, pick this product up. This is the indoor fly light. It traps all of these nasty bugs. You don't see them. You notice all you're going to see is this. You're going to see the backside of it. On the other side of this is a glue trap. It's going to trap all those things. You change out the glue trap, depending on how many bugs you have in your house. I have to change them out maybe every three weeks. It's Florida. We have a lot of insects down here. And it's not like those disgusting fly strips, which are really, really gross. (laughs) You can get disease on those. It's nasty. Trust me, I've been using the fly light for a long time now. I have the outdoor unit too, which you will not have a bug, an insect anywhere near your house if you put that thing up outside. Works great for my wife and I. We hang out outside on Saturdays. Get yours now at dynatrap.com that's d-y-n-a-t-r-a-p.com enter promo code bongino and get 15 percent off dynatrap the safe silent and simple solution to household insect control go pick one up you will not regret it get those bugs out of your house okay getting back to that video so julian castro uh, along with uh, John Delaney last night, I think we're the kind of the breakout stars. I'm using air quotes, of course. This is, are the Democrats we're talking about um, of the debate. Guys with low name ID who may have had some moments. Uh, Castro's moment was uh, him saying, listen, we're going to decriminalize crossing the border mm. illegally. I mean, he basically went on stage last night, folks, and advocated for not ba- he did for open borders. There's no other way to frame what he said. He said, I want to wipe clean Title 18 of the U.S. Code that criminalizes the portion that makes it illegal to cross the border between a point of entry. That is, make no mistake about it, what he's advocating for is full open borders. All right. Now, showing you the transformers these guys are, are they, you know, they transform their political positions based on the political winds of the time, and the political winds are blowing far left now. Here's some footage from 2013 of Julian Castro up on Capitol Hill testifying about how we need the borders more secure and we have to enforce borderless. This is the same guy, by the way. Do you think that interior enforcement should play a role to discourage future immigration by those not documented by making jobs to them unavailable? Should that be a part of that comprehensive immigration reform? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I, I do believe that, uh, that enforcement, uh, both in terms of active enforcement at our borders and under this administration, there's been tremendous progress with regard to enforcement. In fact, the triggers in the 2007 proposal have just about all been met. Uh, but going forward, of course, uh, enforcement is part of the conversation. Hmm. Okay. Which Julian Castro are we supposed to believe, Joe? The answer is, I don't know, folks. Lick your <laughs> finger, put it up for the wind. It doesn't matter. Right. These guys will change their positions repeatedly over and over throughout the primary, depending on the political winds of the day. That's why I'm proud to be a conservative, because I don't feel the need to ever do that. I believe in low taxes because I believe in economic freedom, school choice, patient control, health care. None of this stuff changes with the political winds. That is not the case with Democrats. I also believe in borders, which shouldn't be a controversial position. 
You don't have a nation without borders. It's just right. a suggestion then. Yeah. It's a suggestion of a nation. But that's just to show you that he's not being genuine on the issue at all. At all. He has previously testified to a completely different position because the political winds were different. Paula, did they, re- they reach a decision on this? An issue. Is that a decision? Or do we have it yet? Hmm. All right. Well, okay, let, do me a favor. Keep me updated if you hear anything, okay? It looks like they've reached a decision on the Supreme Court citizenship question as well. When I get the ruling, we'll put that out as well. Don't cut this out, but this is, you know, we're going to cover breaking news as if it's a live show and you get this on live air as well. But this is an important decision too, folks. We're moving on, by the way. That was the last part of my uh, my debate coverage for last night. But that's it. That sums it up for you. Worst moment of the night, definitely Liz Warren. Don't let anybody tell you she won that debate. Not a chance in Hades. She lost that thing big time. Okay, so now we have the uh, gerrymandering question. They can, I think this is a win. You don't want courts involved in this at all. You want to let the system work the way it's designed to work. We vote in politicians. They carve up the states as they see fit. You don't like it. Vote in different politicians. You do not need the courts involved in that. So question number one, I think, is a win for us. Question number two is the citizenship question. We have a ruling. Why does this matter? It matters because where illegal immigrants to the country tend to congregate in liberal states, these liberal states have greater political power, not based on the power of American citizens, but people who move to these states who are not here legally. This is going to be a huge question. We'll see what happens when I get the news on it. I'll come out with that. Uh, and we'll break into the show. Okay. Um, story number two. This is an important one. I received a ton of emails. A ton. I mean, uh, geometrically larger than I do even on hot topics of the day about Reddit. Reddit is a forum for those of you who are unfamiliar. And hmm. I, I, if I get some of the technicalities wrong, I'm asking for the audience's forgiveness on this. I know Reddit, but I'm not intimately familiar with it. So I'm trying my best to keep it broad overview so the non-Redditors out there kind of understand. It's basically a forum where you can post things and they're upvoted or downvoted. It's supposed to be some kind of internet democracy. Hmm. So if I post a, a Reddit or a subreddit and it says, you know, Joe Armacost, the best producer in the business... Mm-hmm. And everybody loves it. They'll upvote it and it'll make it maybe one day to the homepage and everybody can comment on how great Joe Armacost is. Mm. If nobody's interested, nobody cares. They'll downvote it. Nobody will see it again. One of the most popular subreddits on Reddit was a Reddit, uh, a subreddit called The Donald. It was a community of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Donald Trump supporters who would share memes, thoughts about the president. And I want to, I have personally thanked the Donald, that forum before it's called the Donald. Mm -hmm. I thanked you before and I'll thank you again. A lot of our audience has come from that Reddit. People who found our show from people who go in there and post it, listen to this. I can't thank you enough. Our marketing budget here, folks, is nothing. It's minuscule. Really. I mean, it, we, we do it to keep the show relatively cost effective for advertisers so we can keep the show on the air and continue to, you know, rock and roll with it. But we don't have a big marketing budget. If it wasn't for people on like Reddit forums like the Donald and things like that and on Twitter and on YouTube sharing our stuff, you wouldn't have heard about this show ever. So what happened? Reddit, of course, jumping into the 2020 election manipulation scheme. I guess they didn't have enough with the Google and the other companies with uh, YouTube and the Project Veritas expose. I mean, YouTube's basically crushed our content. We went from go go check it out. We were at 200,000 views on Monday, 90,000 yesterday, 90,000 the day before, 70,000 yesterday. They're basically crushing our stuff right now, demonetizing us all the time, which is fine. Listen, I'm in this fight. Not about the dough for me. It was about the dough. I wouldn't have left my job a long time ago to do this. The Reddit, Reddit has 
squashed and quarantined this entire forum, the Donald. Now, there's a great piece up at Human Events uh, done about this by Ian Miles Chung. Uh, excuse me if I'm saying your name wrong, Ian. Um, the Donald Reddit censors Internet's loudest Trump supporters. Read this piece. I will put it up in the show notes today. It is worth your time. It goes through it. It's about 800 words or something like that. Um, and in the piece, it describes how this forum, the effect it had by getting memes and information out there to people and how Reddit doesn't suppress basically liberal well, liberals out there and how they're using as an excuse a couple people posted violent stuff, which is the job of the Donald, uh, the, the Donald, the, the Reddit forum to police that stuff, and they did. But the same rules don't apply to liberals. Ladies and gentlemen, the takeaway from this, because anybody can complain about it. Complaining is not good. I know this is not an easy answer, but I have two suggestions for you here. One I brought up before. One I'll bring up um I may have brought it before, but I'll bring it up again regardless. Takeaway number one, we need to be advocating for a Internet Bill of Rights. It is the only way. You have an airline passenger's Bill of Rights, hospital's Bill of Rights. We need a, a legislative solution, an Internet Bill of Rights. And in that Internet Bill of Rights, there should be laid out clear, common sense rules of the game. And those common sense rules of the game, if you are going to ban, quarantine, delete any kind of content on your forum, you should have to lay out an explicit reason in writing and you should give them some kind of an, uh, an arbitration period where they can defend it and who you, they should have a contact. None of that happens now, folks. We have been victims of this. We're demonetized on YouTube all the time. You're not given any reason. Now, you're not given any kind of possible arbitration, any way to contact anybody about it. There's no process for it. Nothing. It's basically go pound sand. See you later. Right. It's totally unacceptable. This Reddit forum has, has, has no path to fix the problems because there's nobody to contact. They just let it be. But Reddit is jumping in the censorship game. It's absolutely disgraceful. Okay, here we go. Uh, just came in, Paula. Oh. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is bad. Hold on a second. I'm going to look this up. All right. This Supreme Court, this is really bad, Joe. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm not right. uh, I'm not just making that up. It's breaking. Supreme Court rules against Trump over bid to add citizenship question to 2020 census. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a really bad ruling. Um, who? Let's see. Who was a... Hmm. That has to have been a John Roberts special. Roberts, who was, let me, I don't want to say that until I know here, uh, ruled 5-4 uh, in an opinion by Chief Justice Roberts, of course, sold us out again. Uh, oh, no, that's a different one. Sorry. Hmm. That's a, forgive me on that. Don't, don't leave this in the share. Eh. Timing of the ruling. I'm not sure if it was Roberts or not. It doesn't matter. You will now uh, see a citizenship question, not on the 2020 census, which is a big, uh, which is a big win for liberals because liberals don't care. Liberals want, do you understand their game, right, mm -hmm. folks? Their game, their end game is this, to make sure the borders are open, as we've seen with the Julian Castro thing I talked about before. Make sure borders are open. People can come in the country illegally. Get those people somehow on the voter rolls, whether it's through motor voter or whatever it may be, absentee ballot uh, fraud, whatever it may be. Get them to vote and then make sure that they're counted in census numbers so that the amount of congressional representatives allocated towards liberal states increases. So this is another just huge loss. The courts are just out of control. It just goes to show you how um, Dan Horowitz over at Conservative Review has it right that 
the problem here is the courts are just they've become legislators in black robes at this point. This is just absurd. How we cannot ask a citizenship question on our census is utterly, completely ridiculous. That's a big loss, folks. There's no way to frame that any other way. So a little bit of bad news there. I'm sorry to have to pass it off to you. All right. I've got a couple more stories to get you that are very important, um, including a great one by The Wall Street Journal about step up, step up billionaires your big talkers tax us more tax us more okie dokes step up lead by example let's see you do it i'll get to that story in a second all right final sponsor of the day iTarget, the first dry firing system that combines smartphone technology with the industry's best laser round. Let me just describe to you how this thing works because it is that fantastic. If you have a firearm, you have two responsibilities, safety and proficiency, right? Well, proficiency, how do you get better? Well, you go to the range, right? What's the problem with that? The range, it's, sometimes it's hard to get to. You might not have a range close to your house. It gets expensive. You got to clean your firearm. You got to buy the rounds. It's not always convenient. iTarget Pro has solved your problems. What will they send you? They will send you a laser round when you go to iTargetPro.com. That laser round comes with a target, and it works in conjunction with a phone app. You safely insert that laser round into the firearm you have now. No manipulations necessary. Whatever firearm you have, you don't have to do anything by any special barrels, any of that stuff. When you depress the trigger on that safely unloaded weapon, it's just an inert laser round. It will emit a laser onto the target and you'll see where that round would have landed on the target. It is a beautiful thing. You will, your, your groups may start out like this. You give it a week, they'll be, they'll shrink down to like golf balls. This is the best system out there. It's completely safe. iTarget Pro comes with your caliber specific laser round and a target system you can begin training with immediately. Get 10% off plus free shipping using offer code Dan. Isn't that better? than getting some kind of nonsense gift for people. You have gift season coming around. Make sure you get the iTarget Pro a system, itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan and save 10%. Save time and money. Take your skill to the next level safely and effectively with iTarget Pro. That's itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan plus free shipping. You'll get 10% off. This is a great system. Really, master the firearm you have now. Proficiency is your responsibility. Your proficiency will leap by leaps and bounds using this system. It is that good. Okay, um, so I saw this article in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, I've addressed this before on the show, how liberals are largely hypocrites, frauds, and in many cases, liars, and they'll advocate for things they're not willing to do themselves. It's not a problem with us. We as conservatives are philosophically and ideologically consistent. Liberals are not. Liberals will constantly recommend higher taxes for everybody else, yet avoiding it themselves. So this piece in the Wall Street Journal by their editorial board is a good one. It says, open letter to patriotic billionaires. So apparently, somewhere upwards of 19 billionaires with a B, who are liberals, Soros being one of them and others out there, who some of them I hadn't heard of before, signed this letter begging the federal government to raise their taxes. Well, why do you need the government for that? Just give your money to the government. Why do we? Step up. Step up. Just write a right. check. Write a check. We got the checkbook. Just write a check. Now, not only the Wall Street Journal does a public service, and in the piece, they provide the actual address. Here's where you can send your money. No one needs it. You're a billionaire. Just cut the check. Cut the check. The address is in the piece. You can see it. Just put it. Put the check in the mail. They say second. They could put their money where their convictions are by writing a big annual check. 3% of assets each year going by Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax to local, state, or federal government. The Wall Street Journal writes, the Treasury accepts, quote, gifts to the United States. Here's the address, folks. Liberals, send your checks, libs, to P.O. Box 1328, Parkersburg, West Virginia. 
Donations go to the general budget, but state policies differ. Maybe an exception could be made to let benevolent billionaires specify an earmark in the memo line. There's your check. All liberals listening, write the check. Step up. I'll tell you what. I'll make a deal with you. If all the liberals listening get together and I see that general, I think the record amount, the most they've had, I read this story a little while ago, so it may have been updated. The most they've ever gotten in general fund donations Mm -hmm. to the tax budget, right, Mm -hmm. is $12 million, which is nothing, which is peanuts. If all you billionaires get together and cut a check, I will correct myself on the show and I will say, all right, you're not frauds. I don't believe in what you're saying, but at least you're not hypocrites. You are hypocrites. I was thinking that story when I was in the police academy and I saw that actor, actor Matthew Madsden or whatever his name is. He's an actor, a guy had a lot of money biking around mm-hmm. in the 90 degrees in the summer. He's a big environmentalist. All right. I don't agree with the guy's green agenda, whatever it may be, um, but I, I get it. Like, at least he's not a fraud about it, right? Right. But you guys are frauds and ladies out there. You're billionaires. Cut the check. There's the address. Cut the check. Just write a check and leave by example. Now, the journal is kind enough to include some suggested things you can pay for. So public pensions are underwater everywhere, they write, but Illinois are swimming the Marianas Trench, deepest place under water on earth. Right? <laughs> As of February, the state pension debt in Illinois was $134 billion. Perhaps the Pritzker clan could pitch in, especially since one of their own now sits in the Illinois governor mansion. There you go. That's a great idea. Right. There's some other suggestions. The bullet train in California. You billionaires, you 19 billionaires, Soros and others. You can get together. You can all cut a check for what? A billion each show sounds fair. That's sure, $19 that billion. Dollars. Yeah. You could make a significant dent in Illinois' public pension system. Just pay off everybody's pension. Why don't you do it? Because they're frauds, Joe. That's why. The, the essence of why they won't do it is very clear. Mm-hmm. They know the money will get flushed down the toilet bowl and will completely go to waste. There's no question about that. They know the money will be wasted. That's why they don't do it. That's why they want taxes raised on everyone else, why they continue to avoid paying higher taxes themselves, despite advocating for their taxes to go up. Just pay more. Step up. Lead by example. Stop being frauds. Great piece. Been saying that forever. Okay, I got a lot more. This is important. Um, Big story, big story yesterday from John Solomon at the Hill about Samantha Power. John Solomon, uh, as I've discussed on the show many times, has been doing amazing work at the Hill, uncovering the whole background behind the Spygate drama. His new piece will be in my show notes today, Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. I'll send these stories right to you. Titled, Unmasker in Chief, Samantha Power spewed anti-Trump bias in government emails. Ladies and gentlemen, why is this story important? Why does it matter? Samantha Power was Barack Obama's ambassador to the United Nations. Samantha Power on her government email account, ladies and gentlemen, where she's not supposed to be engaged in politicking, she's supposed to be engaged in the official business of the United States government as the ambassador to the United Nations. Apparently, John Solomon got a hold of her emails and her emails are filled with anti-Trump vitriol. Now, let's just be clear on a couple things first. So we discuss this in a reasonable manner. The fact that Samantha Power, a Barack Obama acolyte, hates Donald Trump is not news at all. And let's not pretend it is. That's not. The fact that Samantha Power is the ambassador to the United Nations, has an official government email account, and has used that account on our time and our dime to engage in political activities when she's supposed to be the United Nations ambassador is, however, news. Now, you may say, okay, well, why is that a story? Ah, 
for the remember the names crowd. What do I always tell you, right? Remember the names. Yep. The best lesson I ever learned right. as a federal agent from one of my mentors. He said, Dan, memorize every single name in your case if you can, because when the name creeps up later at a briefing or in a proffer session, if you don't have it at the tip of your tongue, you're going to lose the connection. Remember the names. Why is Samantha Powers vitriol towards Donald Trump in her government email a story? The headline here is that Obama official uses government email account. What did Samantha Power do or what was her name involved in that is so fascinating in this entire drama? Folks, Samantha Power, her name was used in the biggest unmasking scandal Mm -hmm. we've seen in decades. Samantha Power, who is not a law enforcement or intelligence official. Let's be crystal clear on this. She is the ambassador to the United Nations under the Barack Obama administration. Samantha Power has no intelligence or law enforcement role at all. She is a diplomat. Her name, ladies and gentlemen, was used on documents, requests to unmask a series of officials who were being, United States citizens, who were being monitored, their communications by the Obama administration. Now, to be clear, Power has denied that she knew about this. Ladies and gentlemen, this story is news about her anti-Trump hatred because that story that she didn't know, her name was just being used to sign these unmasking documents, is becoming more and more ridiculous by the moment. Make no mistake about what this is. Unmasking is spying on American citizens' communications. You can say, oh, whatever, we're listening to foreigners and these person, these American citizens or persons were caught up in the surveillance mm-hmm. net. Fine. They should remain anonymous. The Obama administration unmasked their names to take away their anonymity, which is essentially, Joe, a wiretap, yeah. a monitoring of your communications. If Joe is a Russian mm-hmm. citizen and I'm talking to Joe and I show up on this wiretap of the Russian citizen, which is legitimate, happens all the time in the spy space, right? Yeah, and I show up as American citizen number one, I have constitutional protections against search and seizure. Yes. Or so we thought. Yes. The way around that is these requests to unmask the name, which is effectively a constitutional bypass. It is an abomination to our constitution. Why was the Obama administration engaged in record numbers of unmasking? Again, I cover this in my second book in the evolution of the Obama administration's plan to spy on people. It's clear they were using the names of diplomats who may have been involved like power to do this. What their cover reason was going to be, I'm not really sure at this point. My guess is that at the time... Let me explain this because this is important. In other words, what I'm trying to get at is, Mm -hmm. why would someone like Samantha Power, who's a bureaucrat, Mm -hmm. the ambassador to the UN, why would a diplomat sign her name or let her name be used to spy on American citizens knowing there would be a paper trail created later on? Think this through for a second, Mm -hmm. folks. Why would she do that? What were the chances? Put yourself back pre-President Trump campaign mode. What were the chances, a consensus opinion amongst the mainstream media and the Democrats that Donald Trump was going to win? The answer, zero. The mainstream media, I mean, Chris Saliza wrote a piece about it, I reference to the Washington Post all the time. Trump's chances of winning are approaching zero. Nobody, folks, nobody thought President Trump was going to win. Nobody. 
You have to forget that he's the president for a moment. Put yourself back in campaign mode. Folks, I just don't think they ever thought they were going to get caught. I think Samantha Power using her government email to decimate Donald Trump and then letting her name be used to sign off on spying requests on American citizens. I don't, I'm don't. i being candid with you. I don't even think they thought the penalty stage of this through because they never thought there would be a penalty. There would never be a review. Right. Hillary Clinton was going to be the president. Whatever they could do to contribute to that effort to get uh, you know, sinecures and government positions for life, that's what they were going to do. It never occurred to them that Trump would win and review this behavior. And even then, folks, I think even then... Afterwards, I think they thought if Trump, if with the 1%, whatever chance they thought Trump would get elected, right? They thought, don't worry, the media will cover for us and make this all go away. They never thought there would be a penalty stage. Samantha Power, clearly, you may say, oh, come on, these people. No, what? Why would she write these emails otherwise? Hmm. If she thought these emails would later be foiled and, and would become public, why would she write them? Because she didn't think this was ever going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, they thought they were going to get a free pass. There is no doubt in my mind. That's why all of this is starting to come back to haunt all these people. All right, now one last story of the day. Um, I just want to bring this up because I addressed it last night on Levin. I was filling it for Mark. It had been a long time. It's always good to hear from the listeners, by the way, when you call in when I'm on live talk radio. I had a guy, uh, Moses, who called in last night, big fan of the show. So if you're listening today, Moses, thanks so much. It means the world to me. I always appreciate you all doing that. Um, I just brought up last night at the beginning of the show, got a lot of feedback on it, how liberals just want everybody else to be miserable. And I brought up the story of Megan uh, Rapino or Rapino. I don't really care what her name is, who is the star soccer player on this U.S. World Cup team who is on video and, and, and audio now saying, I'm not going to the blank in White House. You know, just to libs, it's not about you. And I was a little salty last night in the show for the first half an hour talking about it. And I'm still a little salty about it today, so I'm trying to restrain myself to not get into too many unconstrained rants. But I think, liberals, you need to understand, stop being selfish snobs. Rapino, you don't like the president? Fine. I was not a fan of President Obama either. When my departure photo came to take my family to the White House, I went in, shook his hand, took the photo. It's not hanging up in my house anywhere. I don't advertise it. But we took the photo because he's the president of the United States. Have some dignity. It's not about you. Stop trying to make the world miserable because you don't win your political fights and you take your toys and go home like it's romper room. Give us all a break. Go play soccer. Do your thing. Advocate for your cause. You have First Amendment rights. I respect, uh, love, and adore. Go out off, off duty, whatever you may. But you're playing for the U.S. team representing our flag and all America. You're not representing liberal America. You're representing all of us. Go put your hand over your heart, salute the flag, or get off the darn team. Good for you advocating for your social cause, whatever it may be. That's what we do in the United States. You want to go vote, run for office, be an activist, give speeches, use your Twitter platform, do your thing. No objections to that at all. We'll fight back. I don't agree with a lot of your ideological positions, but that's the great part about America. But going into the World Cup as one of our soccer stars on the female World Cup team and saying, I'm not putting my hand on my heart, I'm not singing the national anthem, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to the blank and White House either. You're humiliating the rest of your team. I get some of the other team members jumped on board. Yeah, shame on you guys and uh, you ladies too. 
You're there to represent the United States in a soccer match. You're not there to advocate for your political causes. Do that on your own time. Stop making the whole world miserable with you. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've been crushed the last few days. Of course, they're probably dumping our suggested videos, which is fine. That's that's a penalty for getting in this fight. I'm okay with that. It's youtube.com slash Bongino. Sign up for our audio podcast as well on Apple Podcasts, where we magically, by the way, never appear um, in these suggestions either. They Hmm. have this thing, suggested political podcast. They have like everybody but us, which is fine. Again, it's part of the... But that's okay. We're at the forefront of this fight. We're happy about it. Sign up there, iHeart. You can sign up there and SoundCloud as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.